Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and welcome to a special Angel City edition of Full Time. I'm Steph Young. I spoke with Angel City co-founder and president Julie Ehrman about wanting people to see the difficulties of starting up a business endeavor like Angel City and not just the glamorous side, and some of her thoughts on the future direction of the league. We're here with Julie Ehrman, who's co-founder and president of Angel City FC, and we're talking about a brand new HBO documentary of getting the club started in the first season that's going to be premiering on HBO this May, as we're recording probably a couple weeks from now. Julie, thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me. Super excited to talk about the docuseries. I know. My first note is that why only three episode order from HBO? Because there is a lot crammed into just three from like yeah, the start. Yeah, there is a lot yeah, no, there's a lot crammed into three. I think I think when you watch it, it has really good pace. And the docuseries really is for everyone from the perspective that it does tell the story of building the club from the business side, from the coaching side, from the player side. And I think keeping it a tight three episodes allows you to really get in it and I hope want more. So my hope is that uh, we can bring a season two to the world. <laughs> That's actually exactly what I was going to, I just talked to Arlene, uh, the director this morning and was like season two, just like, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's another thing that I wanted to ask is like, who is this for? And what are you hoping that like how people are watching? Like you said, it's a type three and you hit a lot, but just what are you hoping people go into this uh, like with a using as their lens for these episodes? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of preconceived notions around women's sports, certainly the National Women's Soccer League, given its history, even the fact that it's the third iteration of a, a professional soccer league in the U.S., even if you even knew there were two previous leagues. And so what I like what the series does is it does give you a little bit of history and education of how we got here, what we're building on the back of, and that as it relates specifically to Angel City Football Club, that you can build a club differently. You know, you can build it focused entirely on the product on the pitch. You can build it with a bigger vision and mission like ours to drive to true equity, gender equity, pay equity. But there, there's no one way of doing it. And sometimes you're going to have to be first. Um, and we wanted to show what it was like to be first. Obviously, you know, you're recording, you know, getting things spun up and preseason before you guys have played a game. So, you know, it kind of implies like the date at which you guys had to actually start production on this. What was that discussion like? Where was it, you know, we just talked to Natalie Portman about how she's had a career as a storyteller. So she understands how important narrative is and, you know, and then bringing in an audience. What was that discussion like where, you know, maybe the group realized or one of you realized, hey, we should be documenting this? Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, when Natalie and Karen and I sat down to think about how we wanted to build Angel City, this 
really revolutionizing concept that we can lead with passion and purpose to drive to profitability, where we don't have to sacrifice, you know, impact for profit. There was no playbook. There was no one to follow. There weren't majority female ownership groups. There weren't majority female founder groups. That didn't exist. And so the idea of building it very uniquely different, knowing, believing that we would be successful, we wanted to become the playbook that others could follow and approve upon. So whether that was talking to you and having stories written about how we did it or the docu-series, again, it was another way to show a different approach to building something that has been fundamentally the same for a long time, a family, private equity, own sports teams, right? And we wanted to show there was a different way to do it. The other thing that was important when we thought about telling the story of Angel City was that we didn't want it to be a hard knocks. We didn't mm. want it to be an all or nothing. It, it wasn't, it's not just about the players. It's everybody plays a role in Angel City being successful. And you see it in the docuseries, the supporters play a significant role in our success. How our media partners show up plays a role. The league plays a role. And I think as a way to educate the world about women's sports, and in our case, specifically the NWSL, we wanted to show how everybody plays a role to drive to the ultimate impact that we want. And if we all do this together, um, it's going to be really easy to achieve our goals. Mm -hmm. For you personally, because I got to watch the screeners and obviously your voice is very prominent in helping provide information and then, you know, getting to see the excitement and the highs and the lows, particularly from, you know, a, a founder perspective. For you, did you find that there was a line between like public and private and filming and trying to establish like, okay, we want to give people a look in, but there's some things that like, you know, Jasmine said maybe there was a fruit-related safe word where, like, turn off the cameras and the mic. She'd be like, pineapple, pineapple, let's go. Uh, that would have been papaya. Papa oh, okay. But that was more – so when we embarked to do this, if you're not telling an honest story, it's not worth it, right? And so at least from my perspective, I made the decision very early on that I was going to be 100% on. I ignored the cameras for the most – the most I could. Um, I mean, I've obviously became very close with Arlene and Christine and the entire production staff. And um, But really, not being honest does a disservice to the story we're telling, and it does a disservice to what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some moments in time when uh, your emotions will get the better of you, or you need to have a conversation that actually really impacts your competitive advantage. Uh, and that's something we didn't need the world to see. There needs to be a little bit of secret sauce in how we build the club or some decisions that we make. Um, so those were the moments that we would take a pause, but for the most part, you see my house, you see my kids, you see my relationships with my staff and the players and the coach and the role that I play. You see me as a fan. I can't really hide my emotion at games. Um, and they enjoyed capturing that for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, in that same vein, um, you know, I was a little surprised at what the documentary did show. And I think this is kind of on me for being conditioned by previous women's sports properties where it's always trained you to be like, okay, this is going to be rah, rah. You're trying to convince people that this sport deserves to exist in the first place. But in, in, in the documentary, as it progresses, it does show some of the warts and all parts, you know, there was the stuff discussing, you know, the incident with Katie cousins. And then, you know, it did show the part for you that popped out that felt the most human to me was Frey and Annie are having a disagreement mm -hmm. on a zoom call and you're sitting there just like, it looks like you have a migraine, you know, like, 
as we've all done on many Zooms over the past <laughs> three or four years. So I'm just wondering what that discussion was like of, you know, we want to present the truth, but like you said, some things need to be private. So how did you strike that balance between this? We're going to show people that it wasn't all, you know, rainbows, puppies and butterflies behind the scenes trying to make this season happen. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to wanting to be honest and telling a true story. Building Angel City was hard. You know, when we first went out to try to raise money, everyone said it's not going to be possible. Like, this is LA. There are 11 professional sports teams. There's USC and UCLA. There's the beach. There's the mountains. You'll never be successful. Fast forward, we sell out two games. We sell on average 19,000 tickets. We have nearly 16,000 season ticket holders. Their response changes. Well, of course you were successful. It's LA. It's the sports capital of the world. And that's a false narrative. And we wanted to make sure that as an audience member, you really followed the journey. I think what's told so well in the story is our challenges with the practice facility. You know, if we started capturing the building of Angel City sooner, I started working on trying to find a practice pitch in the summer of 2020. And if you remember, that was COVID. So I'm dialing every college, every public rec, every area that has multiple soccer pitches and nobody will pick up the phone because nobody's working, right? Everybody's at home. And so trying to manage just finding out what was available, getting someone to answer the call, getting someone to give you a tour. I mean, these meetings took months and three months, six months, just to even see the property, to even decide if it would or would not be worth it. And then we had to manage the COVID protocols of our team and another team, right? And so that was a two and a half year journey to get what we got with the Rams. And then we're supposed to move in February 1st um, into the facility and have it for four or five months because the Rams are on off season. And then they decide to go on this incredible Super Bowl run. So these are, you know, it's like, so we're constantly managing what's getting thrown at us. Um, and so I think it is was good just to show that we are working so hard and you don't always get what you want when you need it. Right. And I think by the end, even I sort of smile when I was like, oh, our, our trailers are gorgeous and the pitch is beautiful and the players are happy. But it was it wasn't easy to get there. And we don't mm -hmm. ever want to paint a picture that it was. Um, I think, Meg, your colleague said it well, which is we set really high expectations and we it took us time to get there. Um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't have set them. It just means that there, need, there needs to be an understanding. And we spent a lot of time with our staff and the team being incredibly transparent about the process. Mm -hmm. There was also one moment when you're talking about standards, um, when Natalie Portman herself meets Jessica Berman and mm -hmm. she's like kind of grilling her, like <laughs> it's really hard to watch games. I can't find games. The quality is not consistent, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, yeah. this is coming from someone who's got decades of experience at storytelling and she knows what she's talking about, right? With production quality and everything. And so I'm just wondering for you guys, you've you know, been one of the teams that have really been trying to push the edge of what's going to happen for the the whole league, right? An all boats rise situation, broadcast deal. Like, what do you think? Because this documentary is so, a, a clear understanding that production and narrative matters, right? How you, the presentation of how you sell to an audience matters. So in that vein, what are your thoughts on like where the league is right now without giving away too much, you know? <laughs> of, we're of, having, yeah, we're having yeah. incredible conversations with the best in the business that can really elevate our sport, tell our story, give us broad distribution and value the product the way we believe it should be valued with an opportunity to grow. We have proven that anytime you 
give us the opportunity to show there is an audience, they show up, right? Over 519,000 viewers, sorry, it was 950,000 viewers for the NWSL championship game this year, which was on the Saturday at the same time. There was a playoff game for MLB. I think there was a college rivalry football game at the same time. So even in not the most ideal time from a competitive standpoint, you know, we were only a couple hundred thousand less than the MLS final the year before. Mm -hmm. Right. So the audience is there and it's games like that that are important. I think we've shown that they're not one offs. You know, Angel City and San Diego's preseason match last year netted north of 450,000 viewers on it was like a two o'clock on a Saturday. Right. And so we don't have a ton of data points, but I think we have enough data points to show the momentum of this league. I think what you're seeing in the Euros, what you're seeing in the Champions League, what you're hearing it, you know, from, from FIFA about demanding the value this sport deserves is only going to help us with these negotiations because there is a real audience here. Um, and we're not going to settle for something less than what we believe we deserve. This might be asking for a little too much info, but I was talking to someone from UKG about their Challenge Cup prize money, and they were like, we said that because we look at what MLS offers for a comparable tournament, which is about a million bucks. And so when you think about, you look at MLS's Apple TV deal, which is what, it's 10 years, $250 million a year, maybe not locking the league in for 10 years at that amount, but do you look at that and you think, hmm... I mean, of course. I mean, it's an incredible data point, and... Uh... I think we have an incredible product. Um, so you do look at that. I think the the biggest thing that we will need to decide on as a board, other than the value of the deal, is really the length, right? How What we believe our trajectory is and where we think we will be in three, five, seven, ten 10 years, and does the deal that we go with support our growth, right? Because we don't want to leave money on the table, but we also want to find a partner that's going to help us grow. Um, so that is you know a delicate balance, but... When you're sitting across the table from the right partner, those conversations get easier. Mm -hmm. And then kind of circling back to the documentary itself, which is, you know, what do you hope kind of comes out of this? We've seen that women's soccer in the United States, when big things happen, whether negative, you know, as we saw the past couple of years or positive, they have big knock-on effects. For like example, the women's national team, the equal pay fight, they seem to have these big knock-on effects outside of just their realm of sports. So it, you know, what do you hope comes out of this documentary? I mean, we can start specifically for Angel City, but then maybe later for like kind of in general, the women's sports landscape. Yeah, I mean, specifically for Angel City, uh, we wanted to grow our fan base. We wanted to grow our supporters, which didn't result in greater revenue that will drive greater impact for us, which will allow us to just be bigger and bolder and, and, and set bigger goals. I think what the documentary also does is show how incredible these athletes are, how incredible this product is. We want to bring more fans into the ecosystem of women's football, into the ecosystem of the National Women's Soccer League, and compel them to invest their time and their money in this sport, because that's how it's going to grow. It is a business. We can't get to pay equity until the top line grows. Obviously, you see Angel City pushing against it. You see Angel City sharing our ticket revenue with our, with our players. There are things we can do, but if we truly want to get to pay equity, the business has to grow and fans play a role. So you can show up by buying a jersey. You can come to a game. You can follow us on social media. All of those have positive impacts and they have ripples, to your point. Um, and I think this documentary does a good job of highlighting the hard work that's being done, the fact that there's no one way 
to build a club, to build a brand, to build a community. But when you intentionally invest in your community, in your players, in your product, the revenue and the fans follow. Mm -hmm. So just starting to wrap up, you know, kind of zooming out from that question even more a little bit, you said you didn't want this to be like a hard knocks or something, but that put me in the mind of like, I keep asking, is this women's soccer's drive to survive era? We see the enormous success now of F1 in the United States because they were like, well, if we tell these stories, people are going to get invested, right? And that's kind of been a, yep. a theme through with this documentary as well. What do you think that landscape is right now? You've got this, the Matildas just had a six yep. episode doc, I think on Disney Plus, it's, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, when you see that as someone who's uniquely positioned in this landscape with the team, what do you what do you think is like is this the beginning of a kind of a new era in that storytelling? Absolutely. I mean, look, the US women's national team players are household names. I think this documentary is going to make our Angel City players household names. They're incredible on the pitch, but I think you see what incredible humans they are. If you are not a fan and follower of Simone Charlie and Paige Nielsen and Didi Harachich, uh, and Madison Hammond and Allie Riley after you watch this series, you know, I, there's no, there's no, there's no second part of that sentence. Like they, they give so much, right. And it's not for the money, right. And it's not for the fandom because they don't have it yet. They truly do it for the love of the game. They do it for the next generation. They do it to change the future of women's sports. And really at the end of the day, they should be doing it for the fame and the money because that's what comes to every other person who's as good as they are in their profession, whether that's sports or in business, right? And I think the more we can tell these players' stories, the bigger their fan base becomes, the more impact it'll have on the sport. We've said this from the beginning that you know we believe fandom has changed where you follow players first, the team second, and then maybe the league third. The more we can tell the stories of the players, the more the teams will be successful, the more the growth of the league will, will continue at this, you know, I think, exponential pace. Okay. Well, last question. Um, like I said, it really felt like it could have been a lot longer. Arlene mentioned, I think she had like 90 plus hours of footage that she, she had to cut into that tight three. Yeah. Assuming there's a season two, maybe a bigger episode order or something. What are some narrative threads that you would love to see them be able to tug on and explore a little bit more? Uh, I'd love to spend more time talking about our impact um, and what we're doing in the community. We supported over 29 organizations last year. We put over $1.1 million to work. So we'd love for the world to see how this strategy of leading with mission and purpose is having an impact on the community. And then you actually see that impact, what it's like to give a sports bra to a 30-year-old goal who doesn't have one, who knows that she can keep playing sports. It is so moving. Um, we will, I would love to share that. Uh, and then the second thing selfishly is we didn't make the playoffs. And when we make the playoffs and win the whole thing this year, I think we should uh, capture that for everybody. I feel like this is kind of the same situation where you talked about we're going to have a billion dollar valuation <laughs> where someone later is going to be like, why did you say that? I, yeah, they, they, but, they love when I get to when I talk live. But yeah. we have those, you know, look, we have those aspirations. We have an incredible team. We, you know, we're so close last year. We've added to our roster with, you know, Merritt Mathis and, and Julie Ertz um, and, you know, Mackenzie and, and Angelina. Like, we are a strong team that's only getting stronger. Christian Press is going to be back from injury soon. Sydney Press is going to be back from injury soon. My definition of soon and the coaches are very different. So you, know, you can lower your eyebrows. Okay. okay. Um, but 
you know, we we're good and we're just getting better. And um, these our players have these expectations and I'm excited to support it. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Julie, thank you so much for your time. I think the doc is pretty cool. Here's hoping for a season two. Here's hoping. <laughs>